You're listening to Creative Voices, sponsored by Treebark Store. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Creative Voices. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> live studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> Fraser's coming back, you know, you heard yes, that? Yes, yes. <laughs> he holds the esteemed thing of being the only person to play the same character in like three different TV shows. Really? One of which I never knew existed. There's Cheers, which we obviously know. Yes. There's Frasier. Yeah. And there's a program called Wings, which is a bunch I've heard of. Oh, wait, no, I'm mixing yeah. that with the Paul McCartney. Oh, the band. The band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wings is apparently about like an airport in somewhere in that whole area that Cheers and stuff. With. That was Boston, right? I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I didn't really. Anyway. Anyways, yeah. We enjoyed Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, myself and Andrew were just chatting before we came on here, as we were wont to do. We just sit here in silence, judging each other until the microphones come on. Shut up, Jeff. The yeah. mic's not on. <laughs> and one of the things we thought we'd talk about was, and this is something that I'm sure we've all seen, and has definitely become, as well as some a topic that we touched on a few weeks ago about the Me Too movement. This, mm. I think, is almost like a sideline to that in some ways, and that's the concept of, I, I framed it under a very broad term and a, a very... Uh, internet friendly term of instagram versus reality but yeah. i guess what i'm really talking about is perception public perception of companies how companies want to be seen online and not just companies individuals or people of people of influence and power and then also the, the dangers of people trying to pursue that lifestyle yeah that they they can't really achieve or that isn't real anyways so it can't be achieved yeah well i mean i'm not gonna lie i could probably go off on one about this because it kind of filters into a lot of what i've been by all means Go for it. Well, no, I'll keep it. I'll keep it succinct. The bottom line, like the last book I read that I've mentioned a couple of times now, which is Winners Take All, and the current book that I'm reading, The System, by uh, Robert B. Reich. Oh yeah, I saw you post this on your Instagram. The other yeah. Day. yeah, it looks. I mean, this is he, he's got a, he's got the gift. This guy in particular. Yeah. So there is something very challenging about having a surname like Reich and having that symbol on the front I of the know, book. I know, I know. For a I moment wonder. I did a double take. I was like, what? Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah, for for you guys who uh, can't see this, the book's a, a black book with the system written in red. <laughs> the author's name in red, Robert B. Reich. Um, and then there's a kind of winged emblem <laughs> kind of kind of carved out of stone sort <laughs> yeah. of thing in the middle that looks vaguely Nazi-ish, yeah. but it couldn't be further from. From it, yeah. From um, he's touching on the same subject. So broadly speaking, it's this idea that he puts it really well. And there's a quote here, um, just to start us off yeah, by way of what yeah. I mean. Um, he talks about how, let me just pull it up here. He says, bear with me. You can it's hear the effect of the rustling pages. Yes, oh the God, rustling The tactile pages. version of the podcast. Yes, it's beautiful, isn't it? Next uh, week we're bringing smells into your house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, chapter one, yeah. the obsolescence of right and left. Now, I've talked about this before in mm-hmm. politics and everything. is. Yeah. So it was really comforting to open this and go, shit, we're on yeah. the same wavelength. Oh, someone wrote already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's kind of common knowledge now that the, the division really isn't between, as he puts it, today the great divide is not between left and right. Like those, as the title says, they're obsolete kind of notions. Mm. It's between democracy and oligarchy, mm. right? Um. Now, how does that tie into our point? It's it's because the systems in place are designed so that the the people who so there's socialism and capitalism, which is traditionally would be associated with left and right. But really, what's happening is that you've got socialism 
for the ones at the top. Mm-hmm. And you've got capitalism, hardline capitalism for the rest of us, yes. right? Um, which is why that power div- division, it's not left and right anymore. It's us at the bottom versus the oligarchy. Mm-hmm. And they get really clever about how they maintain that division yeah. and how they obscure it. And one of them is through social media, the campaigns yeah. and whatever. There is the w- World Economic Forum um, that holds a meeting, I think it's every year at Davos yeah. in Aspen. And what they do is they come up with ways... First, uh, Anand Giridardas in Winners Take All talks about market world that has its own language and its own way of thought, which basically talks about a win-win situation. It's like philanthropy or doing good mm. is great because it's ultimately going to help your business out as well. It's just yeah. win-win. So I can contribute to philanthropic uh, uh, causes. Yeah. And at the same time, it's going to help my brand. Yeah. Which is a deeply cynical way of looking at it. But of course, Market World wouldn't talk about it like that. Yeah. Market World is like, now how can we, and he gives one really fantastic example of, um, I think it's JP Morgan Chase, run by uh, Diamond, uh, James Diamond, who is filthy, filthy, filthy rich, yeah. right? And they had like a group of like 10 women on the stage. And they were talking about how they're empowering these 10 women with some sort of event. And this guy's with some sort of campaign. And uh, both um, Robert B. Reich in this book, The System, and Anand Giridharadas are quick. They're at pains to point out that you're responsible through your lobbying for the, um, the repeal of the Glass-Steagall Act that separated investment banking and high street banking. You directly... Yeah. lobbied to have that happen yeah. right um you were involved in uh subprime mortgage lending and the 2008 crash right you award yourself 30 million in bonuses each year that kind of thing yeah and you're going to come up on stage with these like 10 women and say this is the good that we're doing for the world because apparently yeah it's a socially aware uh, it's a charity, J.P. Morgan Chase. It's not one of the biggest fucking, you know, corporate entities in the world. Perish the thought. And they also view it like it's an equation, as if like you know, if people would believe that if we put enough of the, this stuff that we say is good over here, that's okay. It takes away from all the stuff we do over here. But yeah. It doesn't work like that at all. No, no, not at all. And it's in many respects, you might you might kind of uh, credibly call it propaganda. Mm. Um, just to quote one one point one thing from this book and then yeah, yeah. I'll leave it at that I think you get the gist anyway yeah, yeah. of where my starting contention is but Diamond says that the machine of the American economy has not been working for most Americans like he notices he knows the capitalism isn't working um, it's creating value only for a precious few by working together government and business have rigged the game by now most Americans are aware of that rigging but nothing is stopping Diamond and other major CEOs from putting an end to it. They could use their formidable political clout to reduce the need for candidates to raise funds from corporations and wealthy individuals by supporting public financing for campaigns backed by small donors. They could push for stricter limits on the revolving door between industry and government, and laws requiring full disclosure of the sources of all campaign funding. They could seek a constitutional amendment limiting lobbying and campaign spending. But they don't. Yeah. They don't do any of this. So when they come along then and pretend that their interests are in bettering the world, it's cosmetic. It's like Warren Buffett being called on to CNN 
like years ago and being said, I want to be taxed more. Tax me more. I want to be taxed more. But you know, the moment that that interview is over, he's getting onto his accountant and saying, right, how can we change the capital gains tax so that all my money's offshore? So the tax that you were taxing me is I think I saw, did he pass 900 billion or something? Something something like that probably yeah probably probably Uh, shit's gold it's probably 100 billion to be fair like anyway it's not that it matters when you get past 1 billion does it really matter to my mind once you get get past 1 million i'm happy (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i can buy a house great we're good (laughs) i guess like my thoughts some of this is that you know back in like the early 1900s whatever we're used to a smaller world but there was still powerful people and people who had a good strong reputation but you know, that whole, like, mythos and stuff that could revolve around, that could travel around the world, that could be identified. And then you saw the emergence of, like, companies and brands. And then people started to feel some sort of association. And companies very quickly caught on to the fact that, okay, by, you know, putting certain messages out there or identifying ourselves in a certain way or having key points, we can make people feel about us. You know, yeah, you know, big companies that make it look like it's a home-baked pie or whatever it is, but it's not. And that transition in people's minds from like individuals to companies and then we spent long enough in that kind of period believing that companies were well not everyone did but they got very good at selling that ideal to people and the whole like coca-cola turning christmas red and white and all all that stuff Mm -hmm. and we got to a point and then social media emerged and the power of instagram and twitter and all these things and it's, it's now side by side companies and individuals doing it and we've spent so long believing the shit that's being sold to us by companies there's now very easy for individuals powerful individuals who run these companies or people of like uh status or people who are famous to do the same thing with their own personal brand we're getting and a bit we'll of a, it. yeah i mean we're getting a bit of a backlash in summers like so the funny thing you can almost be sympathetic to some of the fringe not jobs in this world because what has the mainstream given us but uh disappointments deceit and lies mm. right how has uh, i mean how many times do we have to be uh told of you know big pharma's plans to or background in from way back to you know sending us cigarettes yeah. and your doctor recommends it yeah. you know uh thank you for smoking i think is yeah. the movie I'll give you a pep kid <laughs> yeah you know, right up through, uh, and like, you know, the madman era and kind of, you know, it's toasted and whatever, <laughs> you know, right up to, you know, the, um, damn it, what's the, there's a drug in America now, there's, there's a big epidemic, uh, Oxycontin. Oxycontin, yeah. The pain. Pain relief. Or pain relief, yeah, yeah. which a lot of the companies realized had addictive properties, but still pushed. Mm. And that's just big pharma. But then there's like the evidence of uh, politicians who are, you know, from, I mean, the obvious people like Bill Clinton, you know, and his numerous affairs and his whatever else that's almost mundane in comparison to the uh, Bushes and the Reagans and then the Trumps and whatever else, vice versa. But anyway, um, is it any wonder that no one has any faith in what people say? Mm-hmm. And then social media comes along with the promise of connectivity and whatever, and then we find out that obviously the Zuckerbergs and the Jack Dorseys or whatever of this world are scraping information from us anyway and using us as the products. Yeah. So it's no wonder that there are some people going, well, I'm not going to listen to this anymore, even if it is yeah. Neffet telling you. Yeah. 
But the flip side, the danger of that is that for everyone who does that, there are people who are so heavily invested in their alliance with that person or that brand that it doesn't matter what they do or say, they're going to believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. There's that tribalism, exactly. You know? Exactly. It's it, it, increasingly what we've, I think, what we've found is it's less about what you say and more about your behavior and what you do mm. and how you act. And the problem with a brand doing that, to bring it back to the original point, is people are less sold on you saying well i we're, we've now gone carbon free emission or whatever else mm. if your original history for the however many years or decades or whatever up until that point has been anything but yeah it's gonna you're gonna have to work really hard as a brand to prove that yeah so it you know having that kind of community social awareness if you haven't started off with that that was actually going to be my point was that like for new companies or newish companies in the last few years who have started with a more ethical approach or who part tied into their ethos at the beginning was part of that be it like the small changes we talked about about the way they send out their product or their package their product or the price they pay like the coffee world is a good example and how much the farmer gets paid and the coffee world yeah yeah and so on but yeah if you haven't started with that ethos it seems like in some ways unless you're going to tear it all down and start from scratch it's all just puppetry then yeah exactly it's yeah. performative it's yeah. completely it's uh it's it's a it's an act and so it's it's no wonder then that well it's no wonder first of all that the stru- there's a big struggle between the big brand and the small mom and, like there's almost a return in to some degree to the small mom and pops kind of business mm. or the husband and wife as the case may be with tree bark <laughs> yeah. store and everything where the a number of factors come into play. There's, first of all, there is the Dunbar kind of number thing mm-hmm. that I've mentioned before. Yeah. The sense that when you are having that conversation with someone, preferably face-to-face as you guys started off, but with COVID, yeah. well, you're still kind of face-to-face because you're a coffee essential business, but yeah. other smaller businesses might not have that luxury, but at least whatever way they're having that conversation, the person on the other end knows, well, you, we know each other, like, yeah. or we know where we're coming from. But or we know who we're talking to, at least. Exactly. Or we know the the, the playing field that we're operating on. Mm. Like, we've, we've got similar touch points or whatever to, to to work from. The big brands, the big businesses. I mean, if, if someone in, if Nike, the CEO of Nike, knows fuck all about, about the people in <laughs> Moy Collin, yeah, who yeah. might be selling his shoes to. Yeah, yeah. Or her shoes. I don't know who the CEO is. I have no idea who the CEO yeah. of Nike is. And they don't care. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't. They don't care what's going on in in this no. town, or any town, or any town for that yeah. matter. And so, on in some respects, and I have to choose my words carefully here. But in some respects, you can understand where a nationalistic in politics point mm-hmm. of view comes from. Yeah, these terrible globalists who talk about a big united world with no borders, mm. but they're decimating my town. Yeah, you can understand that. It's a hard one to reconcile. Because the world needs to be more free and open for us all to understand each other a bit better. Yeah. But that brings with it an awful lot of bad things. I think the world, the the open border, um, the world needs to be free and open in terms of individuals and people moving around. Great. Mm. In terms of money, take off big business. Well, it's not. <laughs> it's the argument, and this is. I keep coming back to this point, and I will fucking drum this point <laughs> until I am. You know, six feet in the ground, and yeah. I'm coming back to haunt you <laughs> to make the point. This whole, well, we need foreign investment. Yeah. So we're either going to sell off crucial assets of the country to other people, 
or we're going to allow them to come and set up their business here but pay no tax that contributes to the community yeah. because it's going to give people jobs. Yeah. That mindset, for the sake of... What's the word I'm looking for here? That market over... The, the market will provide the solutions for the community here, not the government. And government increasingly has a shrinking role. Yeah. That will engender, will provoke the rise in the right. Yeah, that's the issue. It's it's really they're using the refugees as a uh, or the um, trans uh, community or the uh, whatever marginalized group, whatever yeah. marginalized group. They're using that. That that's their scapegoat. That's what. Yeah. That's easy for them to turn out and punch out. It's it's like that Simpsons. You know when Mo goes for the immigration test. Have you seen that? I think I have. R- he's like run it by immigrants. Me. I knew it was them immigrants. You know, <laughs> he himself is. You know. <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen that like ages ago. Yeah. So but, Simpsons did it, as they say. You know. <laughs> the you know the, they took our jobs. Yeah. They took our jobs. That was America. <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's, it's yeah, it's it's difficult because. Like, when you look online and you see these really slick brands, I kind of wonder, like, who does that actually impress? This is the way I think. And yet you will see, like, on all these, be it on your Facebook or your Twitter or Instagram, for everyone who's given out to them about the terrible things they do, there's tons of people who've fully bought into that kind of concept because they like nice things or whatever, you know, and they want nice things to be cheap. And because yeah. they believe those two things to be possible, then... They've got on board with it. Well, this is it, right, with marketing, right? With branding and marketing. The idea used to be you sell the sizzle, not the stick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, and that became increasingly more true because you can't, like, doing something faster and cheaper, you're never going to win because someone there's always going to be someone who does it faster and cheaper than you. <laughs> Five-minute abs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good luck at pulling that one off but <laughs> the faster and cheap i mean usually that's someone who's doing it faster and cheaper than use in china yeah. but yeah. anyway um so you can't work with that so why do people so how do you market or brand yourself in a way that's distinct from your competitor if you can't use speed and cheapness mm-hmm. and you end up going with well it's a story that i'm selling and it's you know yeah. now if you keep it, it, if you go to storytelling there's only really about seven stories in the world or thereabouts anyway yeah so the idea doesn't become isn't how slickly you can do that, because it become the the slicker and the cleverer you become with telling that same story or a couple of stories. The more you move away from the any core authenticity, idea, which, yeah. authenticity is lost. You yeah, become yeah. all right. Well, that's a really po- that's a really great Marvel video of you know the hero's journey that I've seen a couple of gazillion times, yeah, yeah. but it doesn't feel authentic to me mm. because you've had a room full of writers. Yeah. create that story using the same fucking formula and there's no real person behind it yeah. but then you turn to an indie movie yeah you know not always but by way of example you turn to an independent movie where someone's you know had to fight for the funding and you know uh sweated blood and sweat blood and tears over the the scripts and whatever and you realize there's an authenticity to this mm. and so if you haven't got that authenticity I think going forward, you're going to begin to struggle a little bit. Mm. Unless you turn to other fictions like conspiracy theories and whatever to bolster your brand. And then... Yeah, it, I guess like for me when I look online, it's like I don't trust anyone thing, any one person or company or whatever where it looks too good. As in too mm. polished, too slick, whatever. I'm yeah. like, if you have the time to do this, 
Yeah. Then it's probably not you doing it, which means it's not really you and it's not really your story. That's and, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's like the like I was looking at the kombucha brothers bro, friends, kombucha guys who make kombucha kombucha, right? All about kombucha here in my column. All about kombucha, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Are oh, they here in my column? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I call them the booch boys. The booch boys. <laughs> <laughs> they um that's catchy actually. They, yeah, mi- yeah. they missed a trick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um they like they're, they're, I mean, I mean no offense to them, but it's not slick and polished. Yeah, it's very two lads that have set up something yeah. that's really quite good, and you can see the work that's gone into it. And it's yeah. kind of yeah. we did an episode actually. Well, I did an episode with them back in the early days of this podcast. Actually, oh, you know, I think I heard it. Yeah, actually, or I and saw the title at least. They do have like a couple of core messages and a couple of core themes about how they want to operate as a business, and they are genuine about that. Yeah, you know. And it is very much at the core of how they do. And um, I think, I can't remember exactly, but basically one of them is like, be sound. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes, I think I remember seeing that, be sound. That's cool. You know? That's. I mean, but then the difficult. so that's fantastic. The difficulty is when they then decide to try and go and sell that in, say, Mongolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how that then translates to another culture. Yeah. You're never really going to be able to move your brand to another country yeah, unless it's like your cousin Vinny who lives in the Bronx, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's lived there a while and could go, yeah, no, I know how this will work and adapt it accordingly yeah. and keep that authenticity going. Yeah, sorry, I'm going off on one again. No, I mean, look, I, I feel strongly about this. I, I get, I guess how we got here in that, like you know, emerging world markets and people wanted to have like products they recognize the world over, so it's easier for someone, especially once world travel opened up back in the day. For someone to travel to wherever and they can get the Coke the same there. Coca-Cola, that is. Maybe the Coke is the same. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going from the one place. Um, you know, it's like the way, like, you know, Heineken is available in every country in the world, but they have, they shift the brewing parameters a little bit to taste for the local taste. I get all that. Mm-hmm. But it just becomes difficult to swallow in this world we're in because really, it's, it's gas. I don't understand how, with the world we inhabit, anyone still has loyalty to these big brands yeah unless you're motivated by money but funnily enough I find anyone who is loyal to these big brands it's money isn't a concern for them it's not that they're buying it because it's the best value or whatever they're just buying it for like is it comfort is it nostalgia is it fear of taking a punt on something new I would venture not being like a specialist in in that particular area, but I would venture that um, it's got more to do with their their place on the stock market nowadays than mm. it has their any real kind of like. Uh, be, it's not like they're inextricably inextricably linked with our like lives mm. in any way, shape, or form. It's just that they simply dominate the market, have a foothold in every fucking market. Yeah. And then have you know serious stakeholders and shareholders in their business yeah, yeah. that keep it afloat and you know and it, their stocks keep it afloat more than anything because if you took that element away yeah the gambling with big money and whatever and if you know each country puts strict regulations on its foothold and said we're going to tax you like this yeah yeah and you know you you can there's only so much percentage of businesses that you can sell in and you whatever else things would begin to shrink yeah. And I think it would, you know, it would take maybe 10 years for it to start withering on the vine. Yeah. Because then the local competitors and people would start popping up and going, well, there's something we made here in my colon or we made Wherever, here in Galway. Yeah. That's, well, 
that, that takes more local and like the by Irish mm. exploded in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. During COVID, there was a yeah. really a rallying cry, and it was wonderful. Well, I think it's because p- people very quickly realise that it's not that difficult in this day and age for someone to know a person who does work for themselves. Yeah, we all know someone who is self-employed or makes something themselves or as an artist or whatever it may be. Yeah. And maybe before all this, there was like, oh, it's great what they do. And it's like, but they might never have actually bothered to go out and buy something from them or support them. Whereas I think now more than ever, we're more conscientious of that. Yeah. I think as well, branding, which was never really a science of any way, shape or form. Or, yeah. But started, we've all started become- by a beer company, wasn't it? Bass. It depends how far back in history you want to go, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't know that story. Oh, supposedly like that bass, which is a beer that's made oh, some particular part of the UK where they have a particular water profile that suits that style of beer in a more okay. than the way the, the whole like Guinness doesn't travel thing and all that nonsense. Yeah. Part of that has to do with the water profile and where it's made. But anyways, bass was huh. facing competition from other people back in the day and the way they came up with to trust that the beer they made, which was being imitated in other locales around they'd ship their beer by probably horse and guard or by <laughs> I don't know what's the tugboat or yeah. right before tugboat the barge the barge right back in the day yeah. um, they came up with and it was literally a branch they had that triangle with the B and they'd brand the barrels so that when ah. the barrels arrived at the public houses people knew that was the actual bass from whichever the small town is and not the imitator locally oh wow yeah wow every day's a school day you know? I know right <laughs> Oh, cool. I didn't know that. That's an yeah. interesting... Huh. Well, yeah, well, uh, so I guess that probably was the start then of branding specifically. Yeah, yeah. But I I just, I think that people in this day and age with our, and I've said this before, but with their social media profiles and everything, we're all fairly adept at branding ourselves mm. for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And we're adept at, we're, we're fairly experienced at, we, we can tell when other people are branding. Mm. When there's something kind of surface level yeah or even cynical to what someone's saying generally yeah now that's obviously if you want to, and I keep drawing it to the political realm yeah, but yeah. obviously that doesn't seem to apply but that's because people people as a brand is politics now or would you say politics is people as a brand whatever way you want to put it like yeah let's be honest like everything we've endured for the last few years is due to the branding of one particular lunatic you know yeah and how he sold himself and sold himself and all his promises to a whole bunch of people. And then this is the thing I'm fascinated by is that like it's it's like the opposite of a good product. It's like you buy a product and you're sold this lifestyle with this promise. And maybe it could potentially deliver on the taste or the texture or whatever. I mean, you're not going to be living the lifestyle that comes with it. But you could go out and buy a particular food stuff or a beer and enjoy yeah. it. And it delivers on that much of the promise. But Trump, as we're obviously talking about... It's like someone that promised you a good meal. Yeah. And then you got home and the meal was terrible. And you went back and he told you, no, no, the meal was great. And you went, you're right, it was great. And then you <laughs> went back and bought some more, you know? Yeah. I suppose now there are so many different conflicting opinions on on what the appeal was there. But I think the general consensus is he, he almost spoke to a kind of death cult, destructive instinct in people. It's like, they didn't even necessarily need to believe him. Yeah. They just needed to know that he was opposed to, or he was he was the perfect foil yeah, yeah. for everything that, you know, that stood, that, that they believed. Stood. I mean, they essentially had, they, people have been told, look, 
the average wage in almost across globally yeah. hasn't really raised inflation permitting hasn't yeah. really risen in the past 40 years yeah right um this is proportionately when you consider then the average ceo's wage which has in the past now it's in this book actually but something like in the past 30 years it has gone it has increased by 300 percent. the average ceo wow right <laughs> right that's, that's massive. massive and so a bunch and of more massive are, when it's being compared to something that hasn't relatively shifted like you know yeah yeah like most people are still kind of in the same yeah. kind of bracket broadly speaking in terms of salaries and wages really yeah and so i guess what's happened is a lot of the time they've had people telling them well you know things life is on the up the economy is doing great you know we, the quality of life's improves you know 50 years ago you wouldn't have had a toilet yeah, you yeah. know and all this drivel that you get from people like steven pinker and yeah. whatever um and people are going looking around going really because i don't see any fucking improvements and if anything you know we've got less funding for the local uh, councils we've got less funding for facilities for the youth and whatever in our community we've got yeah. less and so what are you talking about and then someone comes along and goes fuck it we're gonna drain the swamp and yeah. we're gonna destroy and they, of course they end up going yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're with this guy. Yeah, yeah. totally. You know, yeah, throw, if it's not working, throw a bomb in it <laughs> and blow it up. Of course. You know, it's the same then. I mean, Nigel Farage was a fucking hedge fund man. Was he a hedge fund? He was a stock. He worked in the... He, he was the definition of the elite that he was trying to... Yeah. He was looking to oppose. Oh, that's the alarm going. Uh, actually, before we finish up, funny enough, I saw he's on that platform. What is it called? Someone posted through the day where you can pay, a, and I use the term celebrity loosely with him, like sixty pounds or eighty pounds to send you a personal message that you is can he post. fuck? Yeah, I don't know what that app is called, but you know the one I'm talking about. Well, I know that it can be done. It's not BitChutes, is it? No, uh, something like that. Yeah, I can't I remember. Just remember thinking like, wow. I this know there's is... Parler and there's BitChutes. Oh, it's Parler. Is it Parler? Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> I don't like. I, I don't know. I just. But I mean. But he was he was one of these brokery. He was dealing with stocks and whatever. He was a money guy. Yeah. And he came along going, "Well, we need to fight the elites, globalists in yeah. Europe in the European Union." Which I've got issues with myself. There's, there's a whole they're bought in the whole neoliberal mindset as well. But his answer was, "Fuck the elites telling us what to do. Blame the immigrants." <laughs> and it's like, well, buddy, you're earning way more money each year. Yeah. You're earning way more money each month than the average person does in a year. Here. And you're coming along to tell... Anyway, sorry, I'm going it's down. the other elites, not me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the no. elites you don't know. I've got your... And it, it boils... <laughs> so, in some respects, we've agreed that people have become more adept at mm. determining your actions as opposed to your words. And yet, in other respects, we've kind of pointed out, certainly when it comes to politics, people are more prepared to believe the fictions than the reality. Yeah, I guess it's just like, for anyone who is anyway, self-aware and... I won't use the term woke, because I don't like that term. It's it's become really kind of derogatory now, hasn't it? Like, yeah. Woke, but yeah. Um, I guess anyone who's willing to be a bit more safe in the world out there is like, you know, think carefully, like, just because someone or some company per pertains, a, sorry, pervades a message out there about whatever it is, it doesn't mean it's true. Like, 
No. Now, and I know it's a real danger trying to find the truth online these days, but yeah. at the same time, too, a little bit of homework before you support someone or something is no harm. And equally be careful of the people who are so heavily ingrained in, in their belief system of a person or anything. Because quite honestly, I feel if someone's that invested in it mentally, you're not going to change their... You're going to dissuade them from it. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And but, you'll only frustrate yourself. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's as good a point as any to end on. Yeah. Support just, support small, support independent, support people who have a real story to tell that you can talk to directly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Keep it human. Keep yeah. it real. And don't be don't be bought by brands. Yeah. Exactly. Alright guys, thanks for joining us again today. We will catch you next week. I am a revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs>